The topics expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, here with my co-host today, Keith Compagna, and our sponsor is Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. So we want to thank them very much. Uh, today, we will be joined uh, in just a few minutes by Reed Schaffner, Vice President of Product Strategy at Cornerstone On Demand. Uh, last week, we also had... Uh, uh, a guest from, or, or uh, uh, yeah, our guest was from Cornerstone. So, uh, but prior to that, uh, Reed had started a very cool company called WorkPop. Going to talk a little bit about that. And we are recording live today. You can call us at five six one six two three nine four two nine if you want to talk to Keith or me or uh, Reed, um, or have uh, some other topics on your mind that uh, you'd like to us to address. Uh, the number again is 561-623-9429. Uh, before we get to read, let's do our little recap of the week. Keith, uh, what's the biggest story of your week? Well, the biggest story for me is that we're building uh, more and more with the new acquisition at Jobvite where we brought on Rollpoint, Telemetry, and Canvas. And it's just fascinating to be inside of an organization. You know, it's, I was talking to a colleague of mine who I hadn't talked to, Ira, in a long while. And I, I basically said, you know, I'm in this this recruitment HR tech company out of Silicon Valley. We just got $200 million from a PE firm. And, and it sounds so – it's like kind of surreal to be in the middle of the storm with it right now. There's, it's just wild to be able to watch how it's growing and be a part of all that. And we just – I just found out it was confirmed our, our – uh, Last year's numbers were as great as they ever were, so it's just a really fun time to be a job bite right now. So, I'm taking it all in, trying to spread the word as much as possible. Yeah, and I don't have you know, obviously we we got a ton to talk about. We're going to be talking about people analytics today, and and a huge subject. Uh, you know, based on everything that's out there, it the, the two number one trends that consistently come up uh, in the HR space happens to be candidate experience or people analytics sure i mean and uh so we're we're gonna probably touch base on both of those today but reed also uh i think uh is a uh, an investor uh you know he just sold his company uh, work pop mm-hmm. so um you know we'll, we'll be able to talk a little bit about what's happening in this space uh too no big problems yeah, yeah. for yeah for me um it's basically been the calm before the storm uh I've got uh, my speaking schedules ramping up. i uh, got a big one coming up next week, which uh, is just the opportunity today. One of the reasons I, I'm really excited to have read on uh, because it's uh, the topics, people analytics. Yep. I'm going to be ta- presenting to the Lehigh Valley Sherm group next week. And uh, when I talked to their admin uh, uh, earlier in the week, I think there's 90 already signed up, 85 or 90. And uh, that's pretty crazy usually they get about 50 or 60 so it's 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 happening dude it really is there's this amazing wave that it doesn't feel like it's going to slow down it feel doesn't it feel like the 
the attention to all of this is hey. building that much more. Hey, I read the book on that. Remember, Fuka. Right. No, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. <laughs> How often do you get to use the line? I wrote a book about uh, more that. and more often. <laughs> more and more often. Uh, well, and thanks uh, again. I think what uh, got me juiced again. Sometimes I think everybody's heard it, uh, but you know, when I spoke uh, when I was with Robbie a couple weeks ago, uh, Robbie Gulry down at the Leadership Atlanta. Uh, you know, here, here's a, a, an audience of 90 leaders. You know, young leaders. Um, you know, I, I ask how many people, you know, have MBAs, you know, most of them were, were college grads, uh, most of them were pretty young and savvy. And, you know, I said, how many people heard of VUCA? And I think like three hands went up. So right. <laughs> obviously there's a lot of people that need to read my book yet, but yeah, <laughs> or, okay. or a lot I, of other things or, or watch my TED talk. So. I'll have, you know, I have been promoting your book and in, in oh, very, I know. You're very my many small I just circles. told somebody this morning, you're my groupie. <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, by the way, one one other true. cool thing, and it just started. I got to remember what the uh, what it is, but uh, I just actually signed up, uh, starting to use text, starting talking about text, uh, and people can sign up for our alerts uh, now by text. So oh, yeah. you can even test this out if you want. Uh, the short code is six four six zero zero. That's six four zero zero six four six zero zero. And uh, the uh, just type in GGG for Geek Skeezers and Googleization GGG, and you get an email acknowledging that, and then we'll be able to send out uh, our future guests and alerts and some comp, you know, if we have any uh, uh, offers from sponsors or whatever we do. So, yeah, just just launched just did that this morning. Nice. So that'll that'll be fun. Absolutely. So, yeah, so other than uh, kind of the deep dive into people analytics and yeah. I got excited about that topic again, and, you know, usually I, I really enjoyed talking about the candidate experience and all those issues. Uh, but uh, this was really timely. Yeah. I, and I just can't get enough of the fact that we, we look at like the, the big picture, right? The, the yin and yang of what's going on with the future of work. Tell me it couldn't be more or better defined as the kind of things we talked about with Summer last week. And the kind of things we're going to talk about with Reed today, right? We've got the the art of the human element. How do we put the human in, back in human resources when yeah. we've got all of these analytics we have to look forward to? There's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts going on now, and it's pretty wild to be a part of it. Yeah, and and that's that's actually a great segue to start bringing Reed in uh, because uh, one of uh, sort of give away the ending, but one of the uh, slides that I just built was. Uh, important to know is everybody thinks that data takes the you you know having all this data having all this analytics is going to take the human out of uh, out of the the company uh, out of HR and the reality is is judgment is still incredibly important um, you know it's not certainly predictive analytics is is designed to take all the data you have and look for trends and and look for pathways and, and get better guidance. Uh, but you still need judgment and you still need the the input and the acceptance from from people uh, and, and companies that are hesitant to use report to use analytics uh, are, uh, you know, are are, are going to be in trouble because they don't have them. Uh, so it's how do you use them and how to use them properly. So, uh, you know, we, we, we've kind of touched on this, that there's, you know, people, uh, you know, the top two trends are probably candidate experience and, and people analytics. So they do go hand in hand like chicken and, you know, but yeah. I, I guess which comes first is the chicken or the egg, you know, do, you, do the candidate experience and, 
and then work, you know, track it, or do you have the analytics and improve it? Um, I, I don't know what the best answer is, other than doing both simultaneously. Uh, so, you know, over the last couple of months, you and I, Keith, we've met some really, really good people. Uh, we're mm-hmm. in the sixth month of the show. Uh, it seems to get better and better every single week. Uh, and uh, we've been spending most of our time on, uh, as I said, candidate experience, workplace violence, sexual harassment. Uh, but we we've touched on metrics and reporting. Right. Um, you know, to, it's, reporting is just not enough anymore. But because we live in this real time world, this VUCA world, where everything you know what happened last month, sometimes what happened yesterday is just history. You know, it's right. out of it's another news cycle. So uh, it, it's exciting to to bring on Reed. Reed, welcome to That's the cool, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Nice to be here. Yeah, appreciate it. So a couple things. Uh, by the way, uh, you've got the greatest, um, and this is from, uh, according to my wife, you've got the greatest Twitter handle name, Redacted. <laughs> <laughs> so we heard a lot about Redacted these days. So your Twitter name is Redacted, right? <laughs> that, is, that is correct. Yeah, and that's her. That's one of her my, my wife's favorite words these days. Not just, uh, <laughs> why, why is that? Uh, you know, we watch too much news. <laughs> so I, I, I can assure all the listeners today there won't be anything redacted from the show. <laughs> but uh, but uh, great, great to have you. So I, I thought that was uh, pretty funny. So you you had a company called WorkPop. Um, and uh, I, I went up and looked, and actually, uh, I just sent it off to one of the consultants I work with. Um, one of the, your clients, uh, or former clients, I guess, I, I, I maybe they came over with you uh, to uh, Cornerstone. Um, they were, um, she had asked me a few years ago, it's maybe five years ago, they were starting to look at uh, some recruitment software, want to do a better job, and um, it looks like they landed up at WorkPop, your company. Right. Which, uh, which, I, I think it was uh, Giant Eagle. Ah, yeah, uh, the grocery chain. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, out in Pittsburgh area. She yeah. was in Pittsburgh. She knew him real well, and uh, yeah, she tried to get me uh, get me in there. And uh, but uh, they needed something bigger than, than what we what we serviced. And uh, so uh, yeah, it was ironic when I pulled up your uh, the site to do a little uh, you know get a little background on you. I saw that pop up right away. So I sent her an email, and so small world, small world. So how did so how Tell us about the transition from WorkPop to uh, Cornerstone. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Cornerstone is a gigantic multinational public company. Um, and I think, you know, anytime you're coming from that, uh, from more of a startup environment, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really exciting uh, change. Um, you know, in my past jobs, whether it's at Zynga running games like Words of Friends and Farmville, uh, and I've been in that environment, but I think getting to take our technology and deploy it into the hands of tens of millions of users uh, is, is a really exciting thing. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, it's, been a, it's been a really fun transition for us. Yeah, super. So, again, the, top, the reason I reached out to you, um, I actually reached out to Charles Coy, um, and, you know, he, he said, hey, he was going to get somebody, and uh, he found you, so I don't know. <laughs> If he owes you one, or you owe him, or, or whatever, but uh, but it, it was exciting I, again, when, especially when I saw what your background was. Um, there's a lot of buzz, uh, you know, with people analytics. Uh, I guess one of the things is there's a lot of confusion because it seems to be this really super broad term. So, you know, how when somebody asks you or when you're describing people analytics, you know, what, what's your definition of it? 
Yeah, I think I think it's a great question, and I think you know we're we're seeing this today with a lot of terms in the HR space where maybe the the definitions are confusing, right? We hear things like machine learning and AI used interchangeably, and you have this broad term, people analytics, and and I think that the reality is that it could encompass quite a bit, right? And I think at the very basic level, if I think about things like engagement surveys to users that just ask, "How are you doing?" or maybe it gauges employee NPS, it's still analytics. Uh, about your people. I think, you know, as, as we look forward uh, and as we look at kind of the more modern definition, I think what a lot of people are referring to um, is, is, is at a broad level, it's anything that helps managers, executives, people within the business make better decisions about their employees or workforce. Um, and I think the more, more and more uh, you're seeing it, people are applying statistics, technology, to large, large sets of talent data, um, which lets people make those decisions. It's a new domain for most HR departments, um, and, and I think, you know, look, you're, you're seeing new technology come into it, again, whether it be that machine learning, whether it be that AI, but ultimately, I think at the end of the day, uh, you could just define it, define it as it's using statistics and technology uh, applied to large sets of data uh, so that you can make better decisions um, for an organization, and specifically better decisions about your people. So, I, and again, I, there's, there's numbers of different levels. I, I know... Um, we talked about, um, I guess Deloitte, you know, Josh Burson's obviously, a, a, you know, a, a big guy in this space. And when he was with Deloitte, they came up with the four levels of maturity of that. Um, I just saw another one the other day. Uh, I think it came from CIPD. I think it was a little easier to understand. And they talked about, you know, so many companies have data. It, they just collect it. And then the next step up is reporting it. You know, they, they is, but it's all retroactive. It's all what happened last month and what companies want to move to. And I get this all the time because I'm in the, you know, the employee assessment is how can we predict that this employee is going to be a good employee for us? And that, that's really the predictive analytics. Uh, but, but are you seeing that companies are trying to make this big leap from just collecting data to, um, I guess, you know, predicting the future, you know, and, and yeah. how, you know, what are the steps? I guess let's talk about what are the steps somebody should go through because I think people are trying to, you know, run the marathon when they haven't even figured out how to walk yet. Yeah, those are all, all great questions. And I think, you know, first to that model that you just talked about, right, this idea of, hey, the first step is you got to have the data. Second step is you have to report on it. Third level is, hey, can we do things that allow us to predict uh, who's going to be a good employee or who's going to retain longer or who's going to cause problems in the organization, I, I actually think that there's a step uh, that even exists in between that, which is do we have the right data uh, and what is the quality of the data that we have? Uh, I think that that's something that in all of this, you know, gets overlooked. Um, it, even when you have a large organization, it doesn't mean that you're collecting data in the same ways across all of your employees. It doesn't mean uh, that the quality of that data is good, meaning that maybe there's gaps in what you have, right? If you think about uh, potential scenarios, like I want to be able to predict who will be a good fill for this role that just opened up from my internal employees, very few companies even have things like the full work history, uh, you know, of, of all their employees that have come in stored in a central place. Uh, and so I, I think that there's a really important first step there that is just like, do we have quality data? Now, as far as the steps to get there, I think I think this is also a dangerous it's a dangerous thing for us to say there's a one-size-fits-all uh, sort of recipe to what you should be doing, right? If you're a 100- or 200-person 
let's say, manufacturing firm, your data availability is going to be very different uh, than a company like, say, Coca-Cola, who might have hundreds of thousands of employees. And so I think the steps that you're going to want to take and the solutions that you're going to have to look at are heavily predicated based on the organization size, based on the types of things that you want to learn. But I think that the, the most important step in, in getting to this is, is really being clear on one or two questions that you want to answer. Uh, instead of, you know, saying, man, let's collect all the data and boil the ocean, which I think is a lot of times what happens is we've got all this exciting data, suddenly someone's dumping it into a system, they don't really know what question they're trying to answer, a few months go by and, and you don't have that payout. So I think if there's one, one overarching piece of advice, it's it start with one or two really focused questions that you, that you want to answer. Yeah, and that's something that I've been, uh, you know, and again, in my presentation, I found, uh, you know, trying to help people give them examples of that. Uh, you know, one is, uh, you know, even, I guess, looking at turnover, you know, that's always a big one. Uh, can companies predict the turnover? Um, you know, another one might be, uh, you know, I, I always throw this one out as the ultimate question, and I guess I'll ask if you agree with it or some other examples of that. Uh, to help people focus, uh, you know, because there's a lot of companies that uh, need to know who, you know, who's at risk for leaving, you know, which are their top people? Uh, mm -hmm. Is it risk for leaving? And even when they're, they're going to leave, um, you know, you know it, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, I, let me piggyback off of that. One of the things that we talk about all the time with our, our clients and we provide it for the clients, but on the prospective side, it's that idea of predictive analytics how long is it going to take for you to fill a spot using, you know, they, our clients leverage our entire database to get those industry averages by, you know, geography. So the, the, the value is so astronomically advantageous to any one company that's sitting maybe inside of a region or inside of an industry where they're just trying to figure out not only what employees are at risk, but what do we got to do to make sure that we manage that risk? Yeah. So, Reed, are, what do what are you seeing um, as you know? If if you were to tell somebody that was interested in starting with this, rather than saying, "Hey, we have all this data, and I wonder what we can find," and I think that's you know that I think when people hear that, it's like, "Well, we're going to hire somebody to process all the data and see what what trends exist," which which is uh, what you're saying is is not the way to do it. Uh, what are what are you seeing are some of the most um, I guess, popular questions or uh, that are people are focused on? Yeah, and I, I can think of a few. I mean, you, you guys definitely outlined, uh, I think, some of the ones that we, we certainly see, right? How can I pr predict who will stay longer uh, at my company, right? So who's going to retain? How do I invest in those people? Are my best people going to stay or are they likely to churn? Uh, I think you guys brought up a great one, which is how long is it going to take me to fill roles? How much is it going to cost? to fill those roles, right? And if I can predict that I'm going to have roles open up and I know it takes me 90 days to hire that maybe particularly skilled developer, I better start recruiting for that role now, um, you know, if I don't want to have vacancies. Uh, I think another one we see a lot uh, that I think is, is really impactful um, is, you know, which pay structures improve performance, right? This is a big one. I think throughout organizations, we think about incentives and how do we drive the behavior we want. Very often, we don't measure uh, whether or not that pay is driving the behaviors we want. And so, you know, I think that's one we see a lot. Um, I think, you know, the inverse of the are my, are my not the inverse, but corollary to the are my good employees going to retain is, is what factors lead 
to more engaged, high-performing employees. Um, so, you know, when I when I look at the people in my organization that are that are high-performing, what are they doing differently? Are they, you know, consuming more learning content? Who in the organization are they interacting with? So that's certainly one we see. I think perhaps a good, easy starting question, because it has a very binary answer, is is there pay equity uh, among my employees, right? Uh, and I think that's a, that's a great one uh, that we love to see, is using technology to determine if people are paid equally. Um, you know, another one is what skills do I need to hire for um, to ensure that there's success within a job position, right? So if I look at past hires that we've made there, what skills actually correlate with success in the role? I think if you look in the cornerstone, uh, client base. Uh, we, we have people do, using our machine learning and some of our other predictive analytics capabilities to do this today. We have people using it to identify seasonal needs in hiring. Uh, so when do we tend to need to ramp up our hiring because we have gaps? Um, we, do a, we see people use a lot of our tools for succession planning. Um, so how do we identify those people in our organization that we think are going to move on to, to bigger roles? Um, and then, you know, being able to do things like just compare employee performance by location, by tenure, by manager. So there's, there's really a lot out there, I think, that's exciting that, that people are doing with, with these analytics. And I think it's really just the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As you as you were describing that, I'm, you know, my mind's already off and it's like, okay, you ask one question and then there's a million other questions that go there. And I, I guess, uh, you know, it's either the tip of the iceberg or a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, you know, which how everybody wants to look at it. But, um, you know, to me, it's exciting um, because it gets people in the right direction. And I've seen that when I'm speaking to, to groups, too. I mean, it seems very daunting and scary. And, you know, once you get them over the, the, the kind of the hurdle of thinking how unethical this is, because we're going to be able to predict every little movement of somebody. And then all of a sudden it becomes a, a great tool that people can use um, because, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt, help anyone. When you, you've invested in an employee and they leave or you, or you make a, a wrong hire, sure, it costs the company money and it's a pain in the butt, but you haven't done any good favors to the employee either. And, and so this actually, using it properly, predict, people analytics really helps everyone. Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things come up uh, to mind. Um, you know, one is, you know, the three of us on this call all – you know, and, every, and everybody we probably associate with on a daily basis, you know, agrees that, um, you know, people analytics is the way to go, e even if it's just baby steps. But but so the buzz is high, but adoption's slow, you know, and, and you're pretty, you know, you're dealing with much larger organizations than than I personally do on a day to day basis. Um, but what's what what's holding back? the companies that really do have the resources, um, you know, they, they, they have the resources to either delegate or hire people to do it, um, but the adoption's still slow. What, what, what are you seeing? What's, what's the biggest hurdles? Well, you know, I, I, think, I think that there's a few, uh, few things. I think, one, uh, the promise of the technology uh, has not yet met reality in a lot of cases, right? I think a lot of times the, the types of things we can do are exciting, but due to that data quality and that data availability, uh, maybe a lot of the things that people are out there promising aren't there. I think people also have to change their mindset. You know, it was just brought up uh, this idea that, you know, we're able to predict things like how long it's going to take to hire for a role because we're able to look across the data of all of our customers, right? And this idea that we might combine data across businesses, I think, mm -hmm. is a foreign people that they um, have to get comfortable with. I think there's some other – there's just uh, – the reality, too, is there's, I think, some budgetary concerns, right? I, I was trying to pull some data before the call, 
uh, and there's a survey by the Tasha Consultancy, um, and they found that just 5% of big data investments go to HR, right, the group that typically yes. manages people analytics. Hey, we're so reading the same stuff, right? Actually, I, I have a, I have my, one of my slides pulled up, and that's actually the, the number two bullet point <laughs> I, I have on my slide. <laughs> so. That's funny. That budget, I think, that the that low percent of budget leads to a few things, right? One, it means that people don't necessarily have the tools, but I think that the other challenge is still we're, we're catching up in other departments of the company in terms of data literacy, right? So do we understand the difference between things like correlation and causation? Um, do, we, do we really have a good grapple on, hey, is this sample that I'm looking at big enough to make the inferences that I want? And so I, I think the good news is I think organizations are, are somewhat aware uh, that they uh, that they might not be there yet, right? Another another stat I'll throw at you, uh, Deloitte, uh, you know, said that only nine percent of companies believe that they have a good understanding of which talent dimensions drive performance in their organization. So I think it's also people are just starting to form their hypotheses. They're just starting to build that data literacy. We're really at the at the start of the money flooding into this into this space. And so I think I think that those things are all uh, are all challenges, but I think that we'll see them start to fall in the coming years. And Ira, let me add to that a little bit because, Reed, I agree with everything you're saying. And, and I'd like to combine the disruption, be, the, the, right, Ira, the disruptive behavior of the talent marketplace. I think that one, be, the combination of everything Reed just said, but then you, you think about how if I'm a, a successful progressive HR leader in an organization, that means that I purchase software. That means I move the needle in terms of identifying initiatives and goals, and I probably train my team how to do it as well. So I'm probably, based off of the way we see people behaving, I'm probably going to get another job in three years, and my team may very well turn over in five years. So that one company that had six HR people is now six companies with six different HR people that have this. So I, I get the sneaky suspicion that because of this tight labor market, people are going to start leveraging their experiences. So when they get to other organizations, they can make that kind of change as well. Does that play a role, you think? Yeah, I think that, that definitely resonates. I think the other thing that we're going to see happen is I think that employees – are going to pull this into the organizations more. Um, so, you know, as, as the employee base becomes more technical, as it requires more technical skills, I think you're going to have employees demanding analytics into, you know, how do I succeed in my career? You know, we, we mentioned the holy grail of, of how do I retain employees? How do I retain my star performers? I think, I think an equally, you know, uh, big goal is how do I deliver objective performance ratings, right? How do I make sure that I'm evaluating people based on analytics um, and really based on their impact to the company. And I, I think the other thing that's really going to move this forward is employee acceptance. I think we're going to see this shift where today maybe they're scared that the, this will be a conflict with the human element, with human interaction. I think we're going to see a shift where instead employees are actually demanding these insights, demanding this data, and demanding this sort of objective clarity in their day-to-day -day work. Hey, you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We're talking all about people analytics and keeping the uh, H in HR. Uh, we have our guest today is Reed Schaffner from Cornerstone On Demand. Uh, he's the Vice President of Product Strategy here with uh, my co-host, Keith Compagna. And we're going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Stay right where you are. We will be back in two minutes. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. 
When you search with the real Yellow Pages, you get more than a contractor, you get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com, it's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile, it's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, yp.com, and yp.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Hey, welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, with my co-host, Keith Compagna. And we've got Reed Schaffner from Cornerstone On Demand. He's the VP of Product Strategy. And uh, during the break, we were learning all about uh, his background, some work for some really, really cool companies. Uh, the, I guess the one that I'm, I'm most familiar with was Zynga. And uh, it's kind of developed some, some games out there. Reed, it was what, Cafe? What was the name? What was yeah. the... Cafe World. Uh, cafe World, yeah. 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 Hey, Reed, Run your virtual cafe. Yeah. I, so, I was, I would, real quick, before we move on, I have to take advantage of this scenario uh, and, and ask Reed a direct question he might be able to help me with. Several years ago, I was uh, you know, doing Christmas shopping, and I go into a game store, and I saw a actual board game called Words with Friends, the board game. And since that day, I've been wondering, how is it that Scrabble didn't, like, sue you guys? How did that happen? Like, I, I looked at the, the, I thought the whole time, like, how, it's the same thing. What happened there? It was interesting to see that you, uh, you, you guys were able to move into the, uh, the hardware industry as well. And, um, and that was you're, you're assuming they didn't sue. Uh, I would, I would point <laughs> out that the, uh, that the differences between the rules are, are subtle but important. There, there are actually differences to the gameplay between uh, Scrabble and Words with Friends. And I think in, in many cases, well, it ultimately evolved into a board game. Obviously, the success of Words with Friends came because of that, right. you know, based gameplay. But, uh, yeah, I think you assume that there weren't lawsuits. I don't know if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which also ties in pretty well to, uh, you know, that we went from board games uh you know, a lot of physical board games to uh, mobile <laughs> to board games, which is what our whole conversation is. Hey, uh, Reed, before we took a break, and this is just for everybody, um, some of the other stats that I pulled up for when I was doing my research uh, for the show, but also the presentation, 
Um, and it goes back to one of the hurdles that we talk about. So one is uh, 71%, uh, and this is from IBM, uh, 71% of, uh, of human capital uh, management uh, recognizes that, um, uh, or 71% of companies, CEOs, recognize that human capital is a key source of competitive advantage. But then you, brought, you, you mentioned only 5% actually invest uh, in, in the data. Uh, but a couple other things were interesting, too. Um, just a little over half, 53% of HR practitioners stated their organizations use data. But out of that, only 50, uh, just about half of those have access to all the data. So, you know, the number one challenge uh, seems to be within organizations, not that the data is not there. Um, and you mentioned about the quality of data, but even getting access to data. Uh, you know, across departments, because HR collects it, but do they have all the payroll data? Uh, do they have the business analytics data? Um, you know, are, are, are you, are, do you agree? I mean, is that a, as significant a, as an issue? And, and any suggestions what companies can do other than getting a seat at the table and, and addressing it? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of great points in there. Um, you know, I would take a step back and I'd say, is it really about access to the data or is it about access to the insights? Um, and, you know, for me, I actually don't know that everyone in the organization needs to or should have access to all the raw data, right? Uh, I think that the bigger thing is can we, can we give them prescriptive insights, prescriptive analytics um, that make it such that they don't need to spend their time digging into the data? I, I, you know, I think, uh, I, I think when we think about how we're trying to build Cornerstone and, and a lot of the analytics products that we're investing in, the question I ask myself is how do we use technology to, to empower people to see the trends that they need to see um, so that they can spend time delivering that message to and coaching people based on those trends. I actually, I think we're failing with where technology is at is we're, you know, asking our HR partners to say, hey, go into this reporting function or dump something into a CSV and you go pivot these numbers 73 different ways and see if you can find out what they mean. So for me, it's more a question about do people have access to the right insights Versus, to, hey, they need to have access to all the data in their organization. So, so that brings up a point, and I was thinking, I guess, at a higher level, because, and again, to 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 start this ball rolling, you know, who needs to be involved in this, um, you know, uh, to have access to it? And and I, I agree with you. I don't think uh, every HR pr practitioner uh, or every business analyst needs needs access to every piece of data. Um, it's more the insights, but someone does. I mean, somebody needs to, to be able to put the data together to get the insights. So, who, you know, what, what's the, you know, who needs to be involved in this? Um, what are the, you know, should everybody go out and hire a data scientist or are there other types of people that should be on these teams? Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's, that, is a, that is a fantastic question, right? I think that, you know, there's, there's, this is going to be a partnership. Uh, between a lot of groups, right? If you think about the role that IT plays in this, uh, there certainly might be the need to bring in data um, from a number of disparate systems, right? I might want to pull in data from my time and attendance system, and I might want to pull in data from, uh, you know, line of business applications that we've written in-house. Uh, so I think IT can play a very important role in this. Um, you know, I, I think I think at this point in time, particularly for large organizations, I think really hiring a data scientist is a great investment, right? Having someone who is the skills and the know-how uh, to be able to dig into this data and produce uh, insights that are reliable, uh, that, that don't over overstep what you're able to see from the data is a great investment to make. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't think any organization is going to is going to regret that. And then I think the other key players in this are, are really three. One, it's obviously the HR department. They have to be involved because they have to, you know, kind of have a pulse on what problems their organization needs to solve. I think that the executive team within the organization, the business leadership, needs to be involved to say kind of set the direction in terms of at the highest level, what questions do we need to answer as an organization. And I think management, day-to-day management. And this is something I see a lot in working with our large, uh, our large customers. A lot of times just that frontline manager is forgotten in terms of thinking about who needs to have access to this data in some way, who needs to participate in the questions they need answered. And really those, those frontline managers a lot of times are, are really key to be involved in this discussion. Uh, so I think it's a partnership between all those groups. I, again, I think there's tools out there that can make this easier, right? You know, a lot of times maybe you don't have money for a data scientist, and so then, you know, investing in whether it's a recruiting suite or investing in a unified talent management platform that can automate a lot of that analysis can, can really help. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, again, going back to a couple things we've we've basically touched on. Um, this goes, and, and I think you just kind of summarize it, but this goes much broader than just HR because it's not just about HR data. Uh, the, you know, I mean, the ultimate goal is to be able to provide business insights, right? I mean, isn't this a, the pathway to get HR that seat at the table? Because with human capital and turnover and, uh, you know, costs so integral into this, um, you know, how are you seeing this aligned with um, – Kind of a broader strategy, business strategy. That's a, another another fantastic question. Look, I think at the end of the day, human resources insights, our people insights, our business insights, right? They're they're not distinct things. They're 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 at the core of our businesses. Um, and and so you know, I, I think particularly in a market like we're in now, where unemployment, at least in the U.S., is is basically continues to be at relatively close to all time lows. Uh, you know, you have these incredibly hard to hire for skills. Uh, whether it be on the technical side, whether it be on the creative side. I think the data around how to retain and bring in great people has never, never been uh, at the premium that it is now. And so, you know, I think that there's demand from all parts of the business, and, and ultimately people data is business data. So have you seen any good, um, you know, so, uh, that you can share? Obviously some of this may be confidential. Um, but have you seen any really good case studies uh, you know, that you can give an example of or success stories uh, of utilizing predictive analytics? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I think that if you – I'll give you one. I think the companies, public ones at least, the, the companies that are doing really exciting stuff with this, and I think this tells you kind of where we are in the maturity cycle, you look at some of the things that Google has done with this uh, in terms of, you know, in-house and written in their own ways, but in terms of pay equality, uh, I think they actually just released uh, an announcement it had some surprising results. They released an announcement that they were actually underpaying some men within one of their software teams. Totally oh, counterintuitive wow. insight, right? Um, now, they've also used that to detect areas where they were underpaying women or underpaying minorities. Uh, and I think that you have, you know, these, these big tech companies are doing some really exciting things. I think you also have people coming out and they're admitting when they get things wrong, right? A, a few months ago, Amazon came out and said, hey, you know, we were using machine learning to try and predict uh, who would make good developers. And they said, we messed up, right? We, we are... Our, uh, our algorithm had some unintended bias in it. You know, it was, it was, it was favoring men. And so I, I think, you know, I, I see companies, in, especially in the high-tech space, they're, they're getting these early wins. And I think they're also being honest about where it's not working. And I think that it, it, it's been really exciting to see some of those stories come out. I think you, you do have people getting wins within our customer base. Some of them choose to, 
to keep it confidential. I think at a high level, we are we are seeing people have a lot of wins uh, around sort of predicting hiring needs, predicting time to fill. Um, we're also seeing a lot on the succession side, uh, where people are able to just by essentially by aggregating all of the data that they have on their employees, the performance data, uh, the resume that they used when they applied, uh, their competency assessments as they head into performance reviews. We're actually starting to see some exciting stuff where we can predict. Uh, you know, who might be a good backfill for a role or who might be good to step into a leadership position in the future. And we, we've seen some good wins on that front as well. Do you see this, uh, you know, so we, we talk about Google, we talk about, you know, you, you deal with uh, a lot of large clients. I, I know uh, Keith is mostly in the medium space. I'm dealing with most of these small, you know, t- when, when I talk to, to small privately owned businesses, um, this is scary stuff. I mean, and, and, so, again, I'm always looking for what some of those baby steps are. And as you brought up, um, you know, they, they read the headlines of, hey, Google got it wrong, Amazon got it wrong, uh, you know, some of these big names got it wrong, so we're not ready to do this yet. Um, but they have to. I mean, we, they, they just got to yeah. become better at it. So what are, I mean, what are some of the, I, I guess, things that you would advise a small business um, uh you know, or some an HR, somebody in HR working for a small business, um, you know, what's the first thing they need to do? Uh, and, and then, you know, what's the, what should they avoid? You know, so what, yeah, you know, but it's the two sides of the coin. Yeah. Again, uh, again, great, uh, great questions again. I think, you know, look, one, one, I'll go back to this. They need to have one or two questions to start that they want to answer. Right. And I think you, you, you threw out a stat a second ago that 50, 52% of organizations say that they use data at all, right? So that means 48% of them are. So I think the first thing to step with, start with is just what are one or two questions that I want to answer? And I'd start simple with those questions, right? I wouldn't say, wow, what is, what is the factor most likely to predict whether someone's going to turn over? That, that's a hard question to answer. It's also a question that you need a lot of data to answer that you may not have is that smaller business, right? So I think one or two questions that you want to answer. I think that the spec- second step on that is what is what data might I need to answer those questions, right? Um, so do what, what do I think I'm going to need to be able to answer that? And then I think the step beyond that is do I have that data, right? So what is the availability of it? What percentage of my employees do I have that data for? Uh, is it 10%, 50%? Uh, if it's low, how do I make sure that I get that data on all my employees? Do I buy software to track it? Do I run a survey, right? And a lot of times people want to race to the most complex solution. In a small business, the first way to start collecting data, go spin up a Google form, collect data from people. Uh, and then, you know, as you look at the availability, what's the quality? Uh, you know, sometimes you just have to manually audit the data. Can I trust it? Does it complete? Uh, does it answer all the questions that I needed? And then, and then and only then, do I think you get into that first analysis of, those first one or two questions that you, that you really want to answer. I think the other thing that small businesses need to think about, particularly um, is, is they think about predictive analytics and machine learning and AI, is again, they have to be comfortable with pooling their data to get the same level of predictive insights that the big guys are going to get. If you're a 100-person company, you simply a lot of times don't have the volume of data to make some of these predictions, particularly if your turnover is low, is an example, right? So you need to rely on sort of broad trends across other businesses like you, and there's software out there to make that possible. Uh, but I think I think the, the last one, and this is just a word of caution, is be realistic about what you can achieve relative to the data that you have, right? And be wary of anyone who's out there kind of selling you that, 
snake oil solution that says, oh, you have 100 employees. If you just deploy this, we'll be able to predict which of them are going to be star performers for the next 100 years. Be, be wary of those solutions that, that, that promise you everything. Agreed. Agreed. I'll throw one more thing to that, and is that you look at those 100-person companies, those 200-person companies, they all already have some sort of a financial ERP that gives them their financial data so that they can make good business decisions. So it really is that opportunity for the HR team to sit down with their finance leaders, learn how to justify the investment in buying software that they can help drive their development. Yeah, no question. Hey, thanks, Keith. Um, and thank you, Reed. Uh, hey, we're we, we're like five minutes from uh, pretty close to wrapping up the show here. Uh, what I guess, and we covered a lot of this. Um, is there any, you know, here's the question: Is there anything that we haven't covered that you you think that um, you know? Uh, again, whether it's a company that's well on its way, or or a company that's just saying, hey, we we need to get on the ball here. What what's your kind of final words of wisdom about people analytics? Uh, wow, that's, that's tough. I mean, I think, look, it's coming. It, it is going to redefine the way that we uh, build out HR. If I had one passing thought, I think if you work in an HR department today, whether you are just starting your career in HR or whether you're the CHR of a, of, a, of a massive enterprise company, I actually think now is a great time to invest in yourself. Uh, take classes, uh, statistics classes. Take analytics classes. Take uh, there's, there's a lot of great content out there. Um, whether it's in your own learning platform or whether it's just on Google, really go out there and, and make yourself a data scientist. I think that that data literacy piece, no one who is right now pursuing a career in HR is going to regret that in a year, in five years, or 10 years. And so I'd say invest in yourself uh, and really go take the time to, to become a become a statistician, become someone who's really literate in the data, become someone who can ask the right questions and really understand the numbers that are that are being put in front of you. Yeah, the first thing I always hear because I think a lot of people, especially in the past, you know, went to HR because they didn't like working with numbers. They, they, they you know, it's oh, I wasn't good on math, so I went to you know social work or HR or something in that regard. Uh, and that's obviously changing, but you don't have to to be a PhD in, in mathematics to to be able to do this. Um, and some of it's just analysis. I mean, so, yeah. some of it's just the ability to ask questions. Yeah, this data, these analytics, right, and I think, again, data and analytics are two different things, but these analytics, these insights, they're not the enemy. They're the way to make the lives of our employees better. Uh, and so, you know, I think that that level of just, you don't have to be a mathematician, just you want to know how to ask the right questions to make the right inferences. And I think that's a skill that is going gonna, is gonna to be great for our industry going forward. Yeah, I'm just looking at a, a grid, and again, I can't remember where I pulled this from offhand, so I apologize to wherever I got it, but uh, it says six skills needed for people analytics. You know, one is data science, which you mentioned, but it's also communication. And we didn't touch on that at all, um, but I, I think that's an important part because, you know, people that can tell stories, you know, uh, again, the most effective use of people analytics is not having the data, and you know, but how do you... How do you take the data and turn it into a story, a compelling story that gets this, that that gets management and all the stakeholders um, engaged? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So story, you know. So if you're a good storyteller and you're not good in math, you still a role for you in people analytics. <laughs> so you know for for sure. Uh, hey, Reed, I I really appreciate it. I mean, these these 50 minutes always go like crazy fast. Uh, and the, as I told Summer last week, um, and and a couple other guests, they 
you know, I start with maybe like a, you know, figure we can get through 50 minutes of questions and I end up with six hours of questions, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that I'd like to pursue. So we'd love to have you back. This is going to be a continuing field uh, to be able to reach out to you. Um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they have any questions or want to follow you? Well, yeah, you, you already gave them. I will I'll, admittedly my not used enough Twitter handle at redacted, <laughs> R-E-D-D. ACTED, which I will I will try and do a better job of, but I'll. Oh, I I'll thought it was great. Back. That's cool. <laughs> they can follow me there, and you know I'm I'm a person that I, I want to hear what people are dealing with all the time, and so I'll, I'll actually give out my email. It's R, the letter R, Schaffner, S-H-A-F-F-N-E-R at csod, C-S-O-D dot com, and I, and I want to hear from people what questions they have, things that they've done that have worked. I'd be I love to get those emails. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, and I know you're on LinkedIn as well, so they can reach out to you there. Uh, we're gonna we'll have your contact information uh, in the blog post and on the podcast, uh, so we'll make sure that uh, people do it, and, ho- and hopefully they will reach out. And uh, again, this is gonna be an ongoing conversation, and and looking forward to continuing. Thank so, you for having me. Hey, hey, thanks. It was fun. Uh, keep Good talking with you. Yeah. Keep talking with you, Reed. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. I love the idea. I love the reality that's happening. There's so much going on, Ira, with the way that people like the tools are just sitting there waiting for them, whether it's me on the recruiting side or read on the analytics or you on the Googleization side um, of everything. I just think it's fascinating to see what's going to happen. Super. Um, well, that's we're, we're sort of wrapping up a, another week here. As I said, it, the weeks can seem to go faster and faster. <laughs> Uh, we've had it some does. phenomenal guests. And, and again, thank you, Reed. Uh, it's been great having you. Appreciate the opportunity. Um, thanks for uh, filling in pretty quickly for us. Um, when I when I pitched this out, uh, we had an opening this week, and uh, it, it was perfect. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show with uh, Ira Wolf. I'm your host. And with Keith Compagna, I want to remind everybody, uh, if you want to get alerts uh, for the upcoming shows and also uh, when the podcasts are available for rebroadcast, uh, text six four text two six four six zero zero. That's six four six zero zero, and just type in GGG for Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, you get a notice, and then we'll be sending alerts. Uh, anything that's happening with the show, our guests, the availability of podcasts, we'll be running some contests, some coupons, um, so uh, new, new releases uh, when anything's out. Until next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY.com, or you can listen to any of our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, and about 20 other platforms. Until next week, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift Hit your plans.